0: All right, folks, we are back for our second week talking about letters of recommendation. Last week, we focused a lot on how letters of recommendation are used and what makes up a good set. This week, we are talking about that really important next step. How do you actually approach and ask these people for this really important thing? So buckle up for this week's episode of The Pod. Hello and welcome back to the Penn State Pre Health Podcast, the show to help all pre health students on their journey to acceptance. Our goal each episode is to share information our students need to succeed, connect them with resources, answer questions, and make this stressful process just a little easier. Our episodes vary in length from a little over five minutes to around an hour. So tune into our shorts on your walk between classes, or if you've got a little bit more time, maybe you're driving home you know, got a long car ride, you can enjoy one or more of our longer episodes. I am today's host. I am John Moses Bronson. And for this episode, we are going to be diving in on how to approach those letter writers with this request. It's a really important part of your application. As we talked about in the last episode, letters of recommendation can really make or break applications for students. I've seen students with excellent metrics, wonderful experiences, not get interviews because their letters are not great. So if you're not focusing on this, if you're not taking this seriously, if you're not treating it more than just a checkbox in your process, this can absolutely derail an application. So let's let's talk about where to start, right? So you know, let's say that you've sort of you've determined some good people that you want to ask for letters. And you're like, well, how do I even start the process of asking them? I encourage students to start with reviewing their individual health professions core competencies or technical standards. So the AAMC, which is, you know, allopathic medical school admissions has 15 core competencies. And a lot of admissions offices do what is called competency-based admissions. So they are looking at those core competencies with every aspect of your application, and that extends to the letters of recommendation. So taking a look at those competencies and determining which of your letter writers can talk to those different competencies is a really great place to start. Just thinking about the role that each of your letter writers is going to play in your application. Now, with something like PA school, they don't necessarily have core competencies, but schools will have technical standards, which are basically the base expectations that they have beyond prerequisites. What do they want you to be able to do beyond organic chemistry? So that's a good place to start. And who are the people that can really speak to all of the different parts of your preparation? All right. So let's start with faculty. Understanding, especially here at Penn State, how incredibly busy the faculty is, is really important. The average faculty in the College of Science can expect requests of anywhere from 50 to 100 letters of recommendation every cycle. A good letter writer will spend roughly at least an hour and a half to two hours on a letter. So if you know that you're this faculty member that you're asking for a letter is in one of the foundational science courses that everybody has to take to be able to apply to the health professions, you can anticipate that person fielding a lot of letter of recommendations, right? If you think about it for medical school alone, our office supports close to 300 applicants a cycle. So 300 applicants times two science letters That's a lot of science letters, and that's just our college, right? That's just science letters, and that's just med school. You know, that that doesn't include dentistry and PA school and all these other letters. So just go into this process understanding that there's a lot of demands on their time. So we know that there's demands on their time. How do we hope overcome that? Well, some faculty will actually put their letter of recommendation guidelines and expectations in their syllabi. So if you are going into a science class and you see a letter of recommendation section to the syllabus, pay really close attention. There are some faculty that ask you to write reflection essays at different parts of the semester, and they'll use those reflections in their evaluations. So take them really seriously. Put some time and effort behind them. That's something that some faculty will do to help them address the volume issue. And honestly, you want letters from those sorts of faculty. By them having those sorts of requirements, they're telegraphing to you that they're taking this process really seriously, and they really only want to write good letters. That's the kind of letter writer you really want. So if you're seeing those things, it's a good indicator that the person writing your letter is going to do a lot more than say, well, the student showed up and they did good in class. Because that's, that's, that's not a good letter. You don't really want that. So you want that level of detail. And faculty that ask for these things are really setting you up for that. You need to give them a good amount of time too. like I said, they're getting tons of requests. So starting early is a great idea. You know, this This podcast episode is probably going to come out in either late December or early to mid-January, and now is kind of the time that you really want to be doing a lot of this asking and letter of recommendation collecting. So asking them now, you can give them two, three months. You can give them a lot of the spring semester, and that's a really good amount of time for these really busy, bogged-down faculty members. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say that your faculty member didn't prov- ask for those essays, right? You kind of want to be a bit proactive. If I receive a, a request from a student asking for a letter of recommendation and there's no context for why they're specifically asking me, I have a really hard time saying yes, because I don't really know why you're asking me. It, almost every faculty member will feel this question of well, why me? And so you want to ask that question right at the top. So I encourage my students who are going to be submitting these requests to list three to five reasons why you're asking that specific faculty member who taught you in a specific course. You know, support that with stories, examples from class, uh, any data that you can. Experience-based requests And providing that level of detail and context helps to drive the content of the letter that you're hoping to receive, right? So if we think back to looking at those core competencies and technical standards, if you know that one of your letter writers is going to address those things, make sure that one of the reasons why you're asking them relates to that competency or technical standard because you're sort of helping the faculty co-write this letter for you by helping them focus on the right parts of your experience in their course. So a big thing to remember here is that it can be really frustrating at Penn State because it's so big and the classes are so large that you don't have as much face time with those faculty And that's okay. It just means that you need to be really, really careful and strategic and sometimes work ahead of the game. Now, if you're at this point and you're applying this year, it's a little late. But an important part of this is to remember that your letters need to be written by the faculty member themselves. Grad assistants, LAs, TAs, they're not going to fly. They're not going to work in this situation. Your letter writers for faculty need to have that faculty appointment with a department to be able to be a valid science letter for you in this process. So that's just something really important to remember. Now, if we think of your other non-faculty writers, things kind of get a little bit more simple, right? You have strategically picked these, these writers for very specific reasons, So these reasons sort of write themselves in a way that faculty letters just don't. You know, you're not going to ask a a service experience supervisor to write you a letter if that wasn't a truly transformative experience, right? So likely you'll know these people better than a lot of the faculty that you're going to ask for letters from. So really lean into those personal relationships, Uh, And if you any of your letter writers are experiencing challenges with preparing a good letter, it's really okay to have them call our office and ask. We want to be able to provide everybody resources to do the different parts of this process really well. And if we can explain to letter writers what works well in letters, what admissions officers tend to look for, we can help in another way to just coach more people into making this process easier and better for all of our students. So I'm going to end this week's episode here. I do want to keep this under 12 minutes. Uh, So next week, we're going to have one more episode on letters of recommendation. And uh, I look forward to talking to you then. So I'll see you next week on the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. The Penn State Pre-Health Podcast is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office in the Eberly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre health students across the university's system.